Would you like to know how to use who, not how, even if you don't have a ton of resources, maybe you're in the startup phase, or maybe just resources are kind of slim right now? Stay tuned because in this episode of the Team Success Podcast, that's exactly what we're gonna dive into. Hi, I'm Shannon Waller and welcome. I am so excited to talk about really a question that came from our clients who've been listening to, you know, different recordings that I've been doing. And the question came in is like, I'm a startup, how do I use who not how? Another question is, you know what? My business doesn't have a ton of income yet. You know, I don't know that I have the resources to delegate. What do I do? And I read these questions. I'm like, ooh, I cannot wait to answer them. So thank you. Keep those questions coming at questions at strategicoach.com if there's some that you want me to answer. So let me share with you an experience that I had. And I completely understand the trepidation of hiring someone, especially if there's no guarantee of income or you just don't seem like you have very much in that moment. So I want to take you back to, this would have been, goodness, 1995, roughly, when I was working with a colleague in sales, and we shared a part-time person, okay? So this person worked 20 hours a week, so I maybe had 10 hours of her week, and her name was Anon. Brilliant woman, by the way. So, you know, at some point, my colleague wanted to hire another person and have them devoted to them. And she was like, okay, Shannon, do you think you could take over Anon by yourself? And I went into this incredible sense of now I would call it scarcity, then it was just sheer panic because I'm like, I don't think I can afford it. As I'm talking, I want you to think about if this is what you're saying is like, I don't know if I can afford it. I don't know if I have enough work for them to do. You know, again, I don't think I can afford it. That was the number one thing that went through my mind. But finally, I gathered up my courage. I thought, okay, I don't want to be without anyone. So I I had at least made a little, you know, inroad into the process. And if you know me or know my Colby profile or how my energy plays out, you know, talking to people, creating the future strategy, giving them enough confidence to take action, that's really where my skills and talents lie. And a lot of the backup administration that has to happen is not my unique ability and not where my mental energy is. So for me, it was like, okay, I knew I needed something, but it was terrifying to think about actually like 20 hours a week of this person. And this was minimum wage. It wasn't a big thing. I wasn't paying, you know, a high level VP salary or anything. So finally, I just gathered my courage and I was like, okay. But seriously, I think it took me two weeks just to go back and forth. And, you know, did I have enough work and did I have enough money to pay for it was really the main question I had to answer. Well, what happened next was, to my mind, extraordinary. So what happened next was, I hired Anon myself, so I took over all of her pay and conversations and management and tasks and all of that. Really, she took me over because she started managing me. And three weeks later, I said, how soon can you work full-time? The leverage that she provided me, the sheer capability, how much she took off my plate, the amount that I was able now to focus on what really I could do to produce results, just was exponential once I had more support. I had no idea until I'd taken that leap just how useful that would be. And this is the question I even asked someone of this. It was in a 10 times workshop. So this person's got a very healthy personal income. Their company's doing extraordinarily well. And they actually were having exactly the same conversation when I was what I would call myself now like a baby entrepreneur, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Because I was 100% results-based. So basically I had to go out and get it. And if I was going to be able to 
eat. <laughs> that was how that happened, or pay the rent. And he was having exactly the same conversation. And because I have my own experience, I speak with a fair bit of conviction on this. And I said, well, how much will it cost you to do this particular role? And he said, mm, my marketplace is about 50000 And this was just last week. I said, well, and how much more will you make? And he looked at me a little bit like, oh, he said, um, double what I make now. And I was like, is that a good investment? And he was like, uh, yeah. And the two other people that were in our group were like, dude, come on, <laughs> do this, like, duh. And he looked kind of struck because he hadn't actually done the math. He hadn't done the formula. Okay, if I invest this much, and by the way, it absolutely is an investment. One of the things I think that stops everyone, you're not alone in this, is thinking that, oh, it's a cost. And that's how we've been trained to think about this. But one of the things that we have always looked at, and this is actually a modeling coach, is treat people as investments, not costs. Now, Sometimes they're good investments, sometimes they're not. <laughs> That's also true. What I love about coaches is that we have a million ways to stack the odds in your favor by recommending Colby Profiles and our hiring guide and our orientation and training book that's available when you're in coach. We just have a lot of resources because we are very much about freeing yourself up, or as we like to say, hooing yourself up with talented people who do the things that you don't or don't do well. So again, back to our client, for him, it actually would be a 20 times return, which is kind of crazy, which is a lot. And you don't always get that big a bang for your buck, but it was amazing. And someone else, I was talking to a salesperson who was talking to a prospect, and if they hired one person, he could free up 50 hours out of the 70 that he was working, which would give him time to start a new business and time to be with his family that he was really missing out on and time to rebuild antique cars, which he was passionate about. So what I want you to think about when you're looking at investing in a person, and I want you to put that word investing in your mind and take out cost because that's the problem. That's the financial you know, accounting way to look at it. But in terms of actual leverage, it's profound. And we know about leverage. We know about when you apply a little bit of you know, force here, how much impact it could have out there. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about leveraging you. The investment is in you, which is powerful. What kind of return can you get? So don't invest in something that's not going to give you a good return. None of us do that or try not to. So investing in a person, and what I love is there's some very talented people who are available on a part-time basis. There are students out there looking for work. They are bright. They're ambitious. They have time available, and they desperately need work experience. They need to learn how they can contribute in the world and how they can create value and get paid for that so they don't tend to be expensive. So start with what you can. Again, I was paying at that time probably close to minimum wage. Then I also did do bonuses because as sales increased, which was my result, but they helped do that. So I made sure that there was a bonus involved. So if you have people who like to participate in the winning, then make sure you share some of that because they're really part of that increased income that you're talking about. So in terms of you know mindset, it's really looking at people as investments, not cost. And I would say the same is probably true for technology, but really it's looking at what's the activity that drags you down the most. If you want to take action on this, which I hope you do, what is the thing that you just dread you put off until the end of the day? It's what you do when you work late is you get to these things finally, because you 
procrastinate on or postpone them till, for most of the day? Because you probably did the things you prefer to do or think are higher value. What are the things that actually you could package up and put into a role description for someone? You know, and then look at, okay, what kind of talent does this require? Colby, K-O-L-B-E.com is where to go to learn more about that. You know, what kind of mental energy does this person need to have? And I'm going to suspect if it's on your list of things that don't give you energy that you don't like, Dan Sullivan has this awesome model where he talks about unique ability, those things you love to do and are best at and create the most value and you're a hero and you're passionate about them. And then everything else is crappy stuff, which I just love. It makes me laugh every time when it's like, okay, your activities are broken into two things, unique ability or crappy stuff. So pick one area of the quote unquote crappy stuff and say, okay, who else could do this? You know, if it's research, if it's routine administration, if it's putting a process in place, if it's documenting, if it's making cold calls. I mean, there are people out there who love, love, love to do the stuff that we don't. And when we can put ourselves in the sweet spot, it is powerful. And even my next podcast is going to talk about something remotely similar, a client, and again, asked me a brilliant question. So I thought I wanted to talk about that next. But you know, it really frees you up to do what you do best at and that no one else can do. And that is what the world will find most valuable. That's how you're going to get paid the most for your contribution is by something that other people can't do. When we're competing against other people who are just as good as we are, that's when we get commoditized. That's when you're competing solely on the basis of price. That is the opposite of unique ability. So you really want to get leveraged into those things that you're unique at. So a very strategic hire, and again, I'm a fan of part-time, I'm a fan of students, I'm a fan of people who only have part-time to contribute, you know, working moms and dads, sometimes that's them. So just make a list. But you have to be able to discern those things that are actually draining your energy. That would be the low-hanging fruit. That would be the first thing to get off your list. Coaching this last week in a workshop, those things that you can do but don't, so it actually makes messes. We call that incompetent, <laughs> or that when you do go to do them, bad things happen because you don't do them at all well, or they get messed up. I was trying to add a new appointment with one of our team members the other day. It took me three tries and three invitations <laughs> to get it right. Clearly, my inequality is not scheduling. So it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, why did I attempt this? I know why I did it. It was after hours. There was no one else around, and I wanted to get it on the calendar. You know, as smart as I am, not that way. So it was, you know, I can laugh at myself and enjoy that and make sure other people are around me who can do it better. But it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, this is why I don't do this anymore. Because it just doesn't work. So those are the things you want to identify. And it is absolutely worth packaging them up and being willing to write, you know, at the beginning, a small check. And when you go to hire someone, how often do you pay them? Probably every two weeks. You know, it's not like you're laying out a whole chunk of cash right away. You get to evaluate the performance as you work together and see how it make course corrections and, you know, make sure things are clearer. So all of these steps are things that you can do, but I want to inspire you. I want to give you the confidence to take action that leveraging yourself by putting in place a who really frees you up from the hows that, frankly, you're just not meant to be doing. The sooner you can do that, and again, there is a leap of courage, but I really hope that you have a similar experience to what I did, especially if you end up hiring the right person, or at least not the wrong person, let me put it that way. And that means that they have to be the intelligence level that you need for the role and for you. I've literally learned that entrepreneurs need to hire people whose 
whose intelligence matches their own, or again, that doesn't work out well. I didn't know that for a long time. That their personality is one that works well with you and in the role that they're in, and how they're striving, which is we measure and really is only accurately measured through Colby, you know, that they're striving in the way that the role needs to be done. So when you can land on those three things, so intelligence, personality, and will, that's kind of how to stack the odds in your favor. And there's tools and profiles, lots of them out there for that. But again, Colby is the one to use for instinct for how people problem solve. So I'd check that out if you haven't already. But that's what you can do. And the sooner you do it, the sooner that you'll be freed up. And like Anon, I hope you're asking, how soon can you go full time? Because you'll experience the incredible benefits and freedom and increased income. When you're freed up to do what you're best at, the world will pay you for that. So you're going to pay for them out of your increased results. It takes a leap the first two weeks, month, two months. But after that, you'll start to see how much more time you have, time to do your focus activities, time to generate revenue, and that return on the investment will help pay for the investment. So it is, it's a positive upward cycle if you want to think of it that way. So I hope I've answered the question well in terms of, you know, how you can do it, even with a little tiny bit, you just have to free up a little bit of funds to be able to free yourself up. And then your increased productivity, again, is how that gets paid for. So I hope that that's kind of landed with you and inspired you. And even if you're not the one that needs to be freed up, but a team member does, same thinking applies. So you might be fine, but maybe your team members are getting swamped. So this goes all the way through the organization, doesn't just stop with you. All right, so let me know whether or not that was a useful piece of information for you or a way to think about things. I absolutely 100% think that investing in people is an incredible point of productivity, leverage, and happiness for you and for them. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. Thank you so much for listening. Any questions or comments, again, let me know at questions at strategiccoach.com. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you.